On this episode of 1.21 Gigawatts, we jump to hyperspace with wall-to-wall Star Wars coverage. We talk with the brand new Dark Lord of the Sith, Rogue One's Darth Vader, Spencer Wilding. And we'll also recap the biggest news to emerge from the 2017 edition of Star Wars Celebration in Orlando, Florida. Now, straight from the Power Converter's discount warehouse in Tashi Station, this is 1.21 Gigawatts! Hey there, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts, episode number 15 for April 2017. I'm your host, Brad Barton. This podcast is meant to shine a spotlight on the aspects of geek pop culture that I think are cool and noteworthy and should be celebrated. I'm referring to movies, TV, comics, games, theme parks, and more. If that all sounds good to you, you're in the right place. And I intend to do that not only by bringing you interviews with the creators of said nerdly awesomeness, but also with a series of rotating segments and features that take a deep dive into a specific geeky topic. As Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy commented during the opening panel of the 2017 Star Wars Celebration fan convention, Orlando was the center of the Star Wars universe from April 13th to the 16th. In a big way. Over 70,000 fans in attendance and hundreds of thousands, myself among them, watched the live stream from afar of panels, presentations, awesome cosplay, and more. For those of you who didn't spend hours soaking it all in, here are the top four takeaways from Star Wars Celebration. Takeaway number one, Episode 8, The Last Jedi is going to rock our socks. The cast was on hand to talk up this year's chapter in the Star Wars saga, without really saying anything, naturally, alongside writer-director Ryan Johnson, who debuted the much-anticipated teaser trailer. And it had plenty of new information to unpack. Finn is still in a coma. Poe's X-Wing blows up, again. And there are some cool new ships and space battles and skimming along the ground on some new planet. But most notable is the fact that Luke narrates the trailer and says something about, it's time for the Jedi to end. What the, what, what, how in the, what, what does it mean? Is he making the case for no more force training period? Probably not, considering there's a definite chunk of the trailer where he's clearly doing the Mr. Miyagi thing and running Rey through her paces on the Irish island planet of Octo. Is he saying that future force users need to not adhere so strongly to the stuck-up tenants of the Jedi and that Padawans should totally get the chance to form attachments and enjoy their Jedi rumspringa? You know, is it that? Get to work out some of that darkness before they go and start forming Darth Vader fan clubs? And why does Rey fall out of a tunnel looking shocked and out of breath at the beginning of the trailer? Is it because she had a dark side vision in that cave like Luke did on Dagobah? Or did she just have some bad root leaf stew like Luke did on Dagobah? Oh, December, why are you so far away? Takeaway number two, Star Wars animation is going strong. A trailer for the fourth and final season of the animated series Star Wars Rebels was almost jarringly poignant and definitely got you wondering about how many of these characters are going to survive until the end of the series. We know that Twi'lek pilot Hera Syndulla makes it until at least the Battle of Scarif, since she was name-checked in, and her ship, the Ghost, appeared, in Rogue One, as did her spunky astromech droid Chopper. But what about the show's two Jedi characters associated with the Rebel Alliance in the Rogue One era? What about other fan-favorite characters like Ahsoka Tano, Captain Rex, and Thrawn? Will they ever be heard from again after Season 4 concludes? 
Will they graduate to the next as yet unannounced ongoing series from Lucasfilm Animation? And none of this is to take away from the announced series of 2D animated shorts titled Star Wars Forces of Destiny, which will apparently jump all over the Star Wars timeline to tell tales focused on the women of the saga. And before you write these shorts off as an opportunity to sell the line of doll-slash-action-figure hybrids, which have also been announced in support of Forces of Destiny, keep in mind that the voice cast is no joke, featuring Daisy Ridley as Rey, Felicity Jones as Jin Erso, Lupita Nyong'o as Maz Kanata, and Jennifer Tilly as Snoke. I'm just kidding about that last one. But every Snoke theory can't be a winner though, right? Takeaway number three, Battlefront 2, kablow! The trailer for the upcoming video game Battlefront 2 was also screened and it blew everyone away as if it was a Death Star with a faulty reactor core. Because that's exactly what we see in the trailer's main narrative thread. We're introduced to Imperial Special Forces pilot Aiden Versio and Inferno Squad, who are battling rebels on Endor when they bear witness to the destruction of the second Death Star and vow to spend the subsequent years avenging their Emperor. A mission which may carry some of the seeds of the First Order in it? Question mark. Either way, we see some great moments in galactic history from the enemy's point of view. And it's all canon, baby! Add to that some special game modes where you can pit Darth Maul against Yoda, go up against Kylo Ren, hang with Rey, ride Tauntauns into battle against Adats. It's got it all! Takeaway number four. This franchise has a lot of money to play with. I don't know if it's Lucasfilm, Disney, or convention organizer Reed Pop writing the checks, but it couldn't have been cheap securing surprise guests George Lucas, Harrison Ford in his first celebration appearance, as well as John Williams conducting the Orlando Philharmonic Orchestra live in person. And that's in addition to Kathleen Kennedy, Warwick Davis, Ian McDiarmid, the typically convention-averse Hayden Christensen, Anthony Daniels, Billy D. Williams, Peter Mayhew, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord. And this was just the first panel! In subsequent days, The Force Awakens director Ryan Johnson, stars Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, and new cast member Kelly Marie Tran, who plays resistance maintenance worker Rose, had a conversation with celebrity MC Josh Gad. Felicity Jones, Forrest Whitaker, Riz Ahmed, and Alan Tudyk from Rogue One made appearances. Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, Vanessa Marshall, Tia Sirkar, and Sam Witwer from Star Wars Rebels were there. Ray Park, Darth Maul, Tamora Morrison, Daniel Logan, and Jeremy Bullock, the men behind the Fets, both Django and Boba varieties, all there. Man, that's a lot of Star Wars. And I'm sure some of you listening to this probably attended, and I'd love to hear your stories so I can be jealous all over again that I was not there in person. A mistake I hope to rectify next time. I will see you in line at the subsequent Star Wars celebration, only two short years away. Although it seems inconceivable at this point, the role of Darth Vader in December's Rogue One, a Star Wars story, was originally intended to be smaller than one made it to screen. But now, despite the terrific performances that populate the film and the Oscar-nominated visual effects throughout, if I asked you right now what your top three favorite moments in Rogue One were, there's no way that Vader wouldn't be on that list. A scene lasting only 70 seconds long, which was suggested well into the post-production process, 
ended up being perhaps the scariest and most memorable depiction of Darth Vader as an unstoppable dark side boogeyman in the entire Star Wars saga. It takes something special to fill those shiny black boots, and Lucasfilm found that blend of acting chops and physical intimidation in Welsh actor Spencer Wilding. That might be a name that's new to you, but if you've watched any popular sci-fi or fantasy franchise in the last 12 years or so, you've seen him in action. I spoke with Mr. Wilding in March at the Big Apple Comic Con and lived to tell the tale. saw Spencer Wilding walking down the street, you'd think, wow, that's a big guy. Standing at 6'6", six, six, is that right? 6'7". Six, 6'7". He's, he's sprouting up before my eyes. He's an imposing figure. What isn't immediately apparent, though, is that if you're a fan of sci-fi and fantasy film and television, not only have you seen Spencer in action, you're probably already a fan. With appearances in Harry Potter, Batman Begins, Wrath of the Titans, Doctor Who, Guardians of the Galaxy, Rogue One, and many more, Spencer Wilding is poised to rule Hollywood as surely as he rules the galaxy far, far away as your new Darth Vader. Spencer, welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts. How you doing? Are you all right? I hope you're all well out there. Before I nerd out all over your film credits, I want to talk about the fact that you're driven by two passions, right? Acting and kickboxing. That's right. And I bring that up because, if my research is correct, those two interests complemented each other to propel you to the success that you have now, right? Um, which came first for you? Was it acting or kickboxing? Um, I suppose the first day I ever seen light and I got my arse slapped. That was when my, my, uh, my acting roles were starting. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, kickboxing come into my life first, uh, then professional boxing, then that opened up the doorway for me to be in a sports world uh, that deal with actors. It's a sports agency, that's how it all started for me. I like how uh, you still teach kickboxing classes to kids, right? So it's still clearly very important to you. Well, I'm, I'm the patron of anti-bullying in Wales, so I'm very, it's very passionate for me because I, I care a lot for children and like to keep them safe. So uh, there's a lot of parents that bring their kids to me to keep them safe from getting bullied, and I turn that round for them from the most unpopular to the popular, and uh, they don't get picked on too much afterwards. <laughs> Are you still competing uh, ever, or have the film insurance companies basically said, um, please don't break your face anymore? Yeah, and you know, and the brain cells as well. At my title, uh, I was working at world, world title levels, so the punches used to come in. Uh, so what, what few brain cells I have left, I must uh, keep look after them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You've played a few roles on Doctor Who, and they've been on some really good episodes. Uh, since you grew up in Wales, is there an extra excitement when you received the call to appear on Doctor Who? Yeah, that, that was great. Well, Neil Gorton, uh, the special effects team, that the makeup team that do, do the Doctor Who characters, that when they called me up and said, would you like to play, play the monster Minotaur in the God Complex and the Doctor Who, I, uh, I went, uh, let me think about that. Yes, yes, <laughs> without, without. To be part of the Doctor Who family is just awesome. Do you know what I mean? And they're just such a cool production, and I just love them all. Do you know what I mean? And the monsters that the presence comes to, they, they, they my, all my characters, they, they, they use me for the presence and bring, bring it out, and, uh, and they're just amazing feelings to play Minotaurs from galaxies and, you know, the Skaldek, the most horrible Minotaur, you know, the, the warrior from planet Mars, and, and you know, the Wooden King, having a whole forest, forest living in your head, it's just something else, man. 
Absolutely. Do you have a favorite doctor and did you watch it growing up? Well, my favorite doctor in the very beginning was Mr. Baker. Sure. Right, right in the beginning. Uh, but to, to be working with one doctor was Matt Smith, which was awesome because he's a beautiful guy. Yeah. Absolute lovely guy and he is his character. And uh, when my children come over to set, he was just so nice to them, so man, I've got his back 24-7. That's wonderful. I love to hear that. Let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy for a minute. Uh, as great as your scene is in the film as the prison guard who uh, checks out Chris Pratt's Walkman, the Marvel Studios promotional team clearly gave you the best Christmas gift ever <laughs> uh, by featuring you prominently in the first trailer. Did you know ahead of time that that was going to happen, or were you just bombarded with a spread of calls like, oh my God, Spencer, oh my God, turn on your computer right now? You know, it's just, it's just whatever I... I'm allowed to play uh, what, the, what the gods give me my, my, my gods my call and my gods they look after me so well they always do things like that mate and it's just beautiful that I must be bringing some sort of presence that you know they like it so much and, and it you know brings brings uh, people to the cinemas so it's awesome yeah of course it is I'm living the dream man absolutely what was it like working with James Gunn oh, James Gunn is awesome uh, he's just He's such a, an exciting director to work with because he's like, uh, I hope he's, I'm not being rude, he's a very excited, like a big kid. Do you know what I mean? And he's, and he's got all his little furry friends running around his neck and he's just awesome to work with and maybe one day I'll work with him again. But uh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, and that scene that they deleted and put it on the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray when the, when the mean guy was dancing in the prison, they sprung that on me in the last half an hour of the day. So I had no prep for that, and we just done it, and he just laughed his head off. So when the people are laughing behind the camera, you know it's, you know it's going to be good. Absolutely. So let's talk about Darth Vader, which I could do all day long. First of all, congratulations on scoring the best role ever. Does it make you sad knowing it's impossible for you to ever be cast in a better role? Uh, well, you know what? I'm, I, I love feeling the presence of the dark side. And he was he was a force to be reckoned with, uh, and uh, sure. and you know I'm, I'm it's uh, it's another it's another character that I've become friends with, and I and you know I'm I'm doing other characters as well, you know, so it's just awesome, just an iconic character like that. He's made such a noise now. Everybody's learning about my other characters I've played, yeah. which is which is uh, which is a big thing for me because I don't want them to be forgotten, and uh, I, they're all my family, all my characters I play. Sure, absolutely. You hear stories about how on the sets of the Star Wars prequels as well as Force Awakens and Rogue One that there's a reverence when a character or a prop or a costume or whatever from the original trilogy makes its way onto the set. What happened when you, in costume, emerged from wardrobe? How did people react? When, when the first time I was in the costume, um, when I... Cause with, the, with the presence, believe it or not, there is a real presence of the dark side Darth Vader and he, they chose me to play the character yeah and when I did the first scene um, when I walked on set and, and the character's voice came to me uh, uh, the director came up to me and goes you don't do it like Dave Prowse do you so I, I can probably give you a little demonstration now I, I, I'll, I'll see if he comes out so so I'll, I'll do a little scene so so everybody out there close your eyes I just uh, let, the mind, everyone let, let the me mind. let me just have you for one minute <laughs> I've got a little bit of a sore throat, so I'm not making any excuses. But so, Director Krennic, walks through the steam. So Director Krennic's in front of me. So I go. Don't be too sure that the Emperor is as impressed with you as you are with yourself, Director. Reckless ambition is not a quality the Emperor admires, but your efforts will still be rewarded. <laughs> 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 
There you go. James Earl Jones, you're out of a job. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sad. That's so sad. I, uh, I, I don't quite frankly know how we can do better than that. No, uh, well, I can uh, die a happy man right there. No, I'm buzzing. Uh, I'm buzzing that um, there's a real Darth Vader's presence out there, and he, he will choose his next prey, victim, whatever you want to call it, you know, but it's such an amazing feeling because when I, I remember when I first had my uh, first audition and I had a second call back, then they brought me into the studios, they they, they, they snuck me into Pinewood Studios because obviously Spencer Wellington upon, on at the studios, probably uh, people would have got, got onto it and six foot seven guy in Star Wars is taking place, uh, which character is he going to go for? Yeah, right. So anyway, they pulled me up, so the dresser Put my put the helmet on me and I went into character. And when I get into character, the, each each character brings so much presence. But Darth Vader's presence is off the scale. I could feel the air change in the audition. And as he put the the helmet on him, and you can ask him this for yourself, he jumped back. He was scared. And honestly, he ran off like a little child. And then he spoke to me later on and he goes, I, 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 just, I just couldn't believe it. When I, I was just so scared because I want to pull the lid on it. You just, just changed. I said, it's all right. It's all right. Don't, don't worry about it. It's all right. I understand. I feel it. <laughs> so. That's excellent. When, when the secret was finally out and you could say who you were and you didn't have to sneak around Pinewood anymore, who was the first person you told? Um, well, my, I couldn't tell anybody. You know, because that... that, that that I was working with a lot of people on set and it got leaked. And that was 12 months prior to it getting, when I was off contract, when I could tell people. So we didn't have a nice time, really. We had 100 people a day asking us, blah, blah, blah. I was getting front doorstep by the press. And uh, my children were getting a hard time in school as well, you know. And they, they, they were all itching the heads. They, nobody, and I couldn't say anything to my own family, you know what I mean? And that was difficult. So I give my kids a big hug when it was released and I had a little boo-hoo as well because it's, ch it's changed my world considerably that that I can change my children's lives a little bit and get them a little bit of a bigger present, you know. So uh, it's been a hard it's been a hard journey, but it's been a lovely journey at the same time. And I and I thank uh, Disney and Lucas for giving me the opportunity to play one of their biggest characters. And you know, I hope I brought it for them, and, and I thank my God for that. I think you sure did. You certainly laid a claim to that character. Uh, in Rogue One, I'd be willing to bet that that is not your last time in that suit. I don't, I'm not saying anything. I'm not asking you to say anything. I'm just saying to the universe, there's no way you're not doing this again. Well, if they choose me back, great. If they don't choose me back, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to be credited and playing that corridor. So thank you very much. Sure, thank you. And thanks for being a great ambassador for so many brands. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. That was great. Rogue One, A Star Wars Story is now available on Blu-ray and digital download. A quick aside, if you'll allow me a moment of self-involvement, the 1.21 Gigawatts theme song, which you'll hear in just a minute at the conclusion of this episode, includes the lyric, You might meet Luke and Leia's dad. And by God, we did it. We met Luke and Leia's dad. So I guess, going by the lyrics, now I need to interview Aqualad? I guess I'll get right on that. That's it for this episode of 1.21 Gigawatts Cut and Print! Big thanks to my guest, Spencer Wilding, such a cool guy. And thanks, of course, to you for inviting me into your ear canals to nerd out for a little while. It means more to me than you know, truly. I'd love to hear what you think about this latest audio adventure. What do you like? What should be sent to serve an intergalactic life sentence at the kiln? 
Following last episode, where Scott Barton returned to review Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, Jamie McFeely commented on Facebook, Love when Scott makes an appearance. Me too, Jamie. He's a chip off the old block, and I'm sure he'll be back on again soon. He's plotting to take over the show, you know. You can leave me a message at one of the show's many social media channels. Those would be the 1.21 Gigawatts Facebook page, where you can follow and discuss the latest film, TV, comic book, and genre entertainment news. On Twitter, I'm at 121Gigawatts. And on Instagram, you can check out my pictures of my own geeky treasure trove at 1.21 underscore Gigawatts. It's new every day. Plus, you can find all of those feeds in one magnificent destination at the 1.21 Gigawatts website. It has photos, blog entries, every episode to date, newsletter sign-up information, and more. Get thee to www.121gigawatts.com and delight in the nerdliness. And if you're not already aware, every episode of this podcast is available for free in the podcast section at the iTunes store. It is so easy to subscribe and never miss a geeky second. Whether you're a subscriber or not, you can leave the show a review, hopefully a good one, on iTunes, which will help more people find the show, which would make me a happy, happy man. And if you're not an iTunes user, you can always find us by searching for 1.21 gigawatts at soundcloud.com. Huge gratitude to the Duke of the Decibels, composer and my co-producer David Cisco. You are and remain the best Cisco. Dear listener, if you enjoyed this travel-sized chunk of geekitude, please share it with a nerdy friend. You can follow, like, etc. all those social media accounts mentioned a few seconds ago and let people know that you're listening. I'm Brad Barton, and until next time, here's nerd rock band H2Awesome with our radtastic theme song. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. What every geek wants is what we got From Doctor Who to Aqualad You might meet Luke and Leia's dad Pop culture that is super rad Hosted by some guy named Brad It'll rock you to your nylon Cylon socks 1.21 freaking gigawatts Be careful not to choke on your aspirations, Director.